Welcome to the Phobos Militia Hobbycast. Look upon what his grace has brought unto me. What is that? I found this today. There were other parts of the body. That's an eyeball! But he said he wanted me to have this. He wanted me to warn you. Look upon this omen and go back from whence ye came. I have warned thee. I have warned thee. Time to cover good old Jason Voorhees. So, so in classic Phobos fashion, since we cover all types of freaking crazy madness, I'm gonna do a classic APB out on social media, and we'll see what uh, what people come up with as we uh, continue down the Crystal Lake path of glorious stabby stabby times. This is our first horror-based treat so far. Yeah, so we'll see how long we can stretch this motherfucker out. Cause this stuff gets complicated. You know, we started with the gaming aspect of the podcast, which is a huge part of what we enjoy, but, like, music and horror movies are at that same level, if not higher at points in our lives. It's It's been higher in the past, for sure. It used to be every time we hang out, we just binge-watch horror movies. <laughs> like, Yeah, that was the pastime, is uh, sleepovers and stuff. Like that, you'd, you'd always want to have at least two or three good horror films to watch. Sleepaway Camp. And hopefully ones you haven't seen yet. Yeah. Best was going out to the stabbing cabin out when you had the uh, the place out on the lake, and we'd just go over to the, the horror movie rental place. It's like, they literally had tons. Yeah, town video. They would also sell stuff, and they would even sell like NES and Genesis games. Super cheap. Yep. But yeah, so they had a huge horror section. That's where I found like Slaughterhouse. I saw Last House on the Left there for the first time. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, uh, Slumber Party Massacre 2. I saw so, so many classics there. Hard to Die, which is a really obscure one, and it was there. I actually ended up buying that one after they closed down. They put, they put it up for sale, and I bought like a ton of their shit. I was just down there at the right time, and I picked up like a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I bought like everything that I remembered. Someone had bought The Last House in the Left VHS, so I was like, damn, that thing's pretty rare. Other than that, though, I pretty much made a killing that day. And they had like re-shrunk wrap everything. There was something I got from there. I can't remember what I got because I went down there a different, like near the end, and I picked up some stuff. I can't remember what it was because I know you already like had had the smorgasbord before that. 
yeah, I got all the Genesis games because pretty much if they didn't rent anything out, then it would just be like, well, we just need to like sell this and get something else in that people will rent. So sure, they they just like turned over stuff in huge amounts. <laughs> so yeah, that was where we kind of carved our teeth in the horror genre and found so many treats and it's just like hilarious though like the way horror is it's it's so schlocky that it's crazy it's a it's like above and beyond wild and just like obnoxiously brilliantly ferociously out of this world i don't know there's just there's just something about it that and then you expect like that you expect like well, what's this crazy movie going to be and it, sure. it's kind of like an ECW match like a hardcore, like, you know, like a TLC ladder type. Like, what's going to happen in this match, you know? With that, I think Friday 13th was just like, it's like the body count king, you know? Yeah, Friday 13th is definitely the body count king. And even even at that point, I think you already had the complete released collection up to that point, which was probably through part eight, maybe Jason Goes to Hell by the time we were going out there. Because Jason X came out later. We were already done with the Cabin Times, I think, by then. Yeah, exactly. Um, up to that, at, at River Oaks, they had all the VHSs. So um, every week when I got my like allowance and I would save my lunch money, a little change here and there, or just not not eat for a day or two, which I still do now. If, if I want to buy something, I'll be like, I just won't go out for dinner, you know, like... <laughs> I don't need the extra weight. So I, some days during school, I would just save my lunch money. Give me your lunch money. No, I need Jason. <laughs> and then I'd find a way to get out to, to River Oaks for my driver's license, either with the parents or uh, older friends or family members or something like that, just hanging out. And then when I got there, I would just like scour the horror section, and uh, yeah, I would get all the Friday 13th films. Well, I always thought it was cool as you had the... um. The VHS collection of one through eight, all with the original logos on the the spine, because they re-released them a hundred times. Yeah, stuff gets like double dipped and triple dipped, and yeah, I, yeah, I, I still got them too, man. In the same exact condition. It's the OCD madness of those that you had them all the same style, which is great. <laughs> yeah, so we should, I guess, talk about our first experiences with like Jason. Oh, there we go. And Friday Thirteenth. I got a good one. <laughs> Go for it. So my first one goes back to when we were really young, like, and impressionable. And there was a Jason movie on the end of our family movies. Because my uh, my grandma, on my mom's side, Grandma Marie, was notorious for taping tons of movies. Well, we had Dumbo taped as fa- on the family videos. And on the spine of the video, it said, like, Marie or whatever. And it had, like, a um a little circus little sticker on it so it meant for the kids anyways watching dumbo it starts going through the um the credits at the end it fades out and jason's on the top of the fucking flame camper on fire from part six <laughs> like overturned camper and i'm like that was my first experience and i got to watch the entire movie from that on out <laughs> <laughs> so I never remembered seeing the beginning where he gets resurrected because it was never part of my movie lore until much later when I actually understood what the hell was going on. So Friday the 13th Part 6 was released in 1986. So I was five. Um, now, you got to assume that my grandma taped this 
probably off of cable, so it was probably the next year. So I was probably six. It was probably 1987 by the time it came to cable TV where my grandma could tape it. Because um, we didn't have cable TV at my house, so she would tape us movies and then... So so imagine that, a six-year-old watching Dumbo and then all of a sudden, like somebody that's my daughter's age basically a year a year later, watching Jason on the top of a flaming fucking camper. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. I'm just sitting there like, uh, like staring. Like, <laughs> What was your first thoughts? I just remember him on top of the camper. I, that's all I remember. I don't remember what I was thinking. I just thought it was amazing. And I remember that whole movie, though, like the back of my hand, though. It's it's crazy that part six was the first one I saw. The thing is, too, on top of that camper, like, so foreboding and, and badass, though. Oh. It was like a Schwarzenegger quality. Like, he's just a badass motherfucker. Like, that's the thing about Jason that I think um, he has over all the other horror icons, though. Yeah. It was just so fun to enjoy. It it became like, what's he going to do next as far as the kills? You know, like, what crazy thing are we going to see? Especially when Kane Hodder took the helm, because he was brutal. I think that's kind of my favorite aspect of the Jason films, was was it was it was basically creative. It was creative kills, and, like, literally... Like, you would just watch it just to see how crazy he would freaking get. And especially, like, after part, really even starting with part one, you know, when it wasn't even Jason and it was his mother and all the craziness, there were still creative kills in that film because you had Savini doing his magic. The artwork mastermind himself of special effects, Tom Savini, who Kyle has had a nice run-in with. Yeah, the thing was, yeah, at the (laughs) convention that that I went to, Kane Hodder was amazing and like just looked like he wanted to be there. Savini just looked, didn't look like he wanted to be there. Kane Hodder's a badass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe something was going on in his life or something, but he was not happy camper that day. <laughs> and he did not want to be there. But the thing was with, with Savini, that was one of the first times that like the special effects guy gets like a, in the credits. Like, so he's like a drawing power. Yeah. Because he did Dawn of the Dead. So now it's like, whoa, what's he going to do next? Like, this is going to be awesome. So that's what horror was, too, where the special effects are the stars now. Which which I think is awesome. And I think that we kind of both really lost interest uh, in scary movies in the 2000s and beyond because they went away from these practical effects that we love so much. Is it just especially in the early days of computer graphics, you could tell that this shit was fake. And I'm not talking 80s and 90s laser show, light show fake, which were classically hilarious. I'm talking, like, the blood squirts didn't even look like real blood. And, like, the... But but when we're watching Savini, like, he literally studied bodies on the battlefield in the military as a photographer in vietnam right like he knows it all like the the guy is a um the, the guy honed his craft and was so interested in it in replicating it for film that he like is the mastermind behind it regardless of his own personal quirks like everybody's gonna be a little crazy sure so everyone's gonna have a bad day he's a savant so he also said, like, if 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 it didn't make him cringe, then he he would still work on it like a little bit more until it did. 
so he had like a a level of quality that had to make him like okay that that looks real you know <laughs> now it looks cool yeah now i'm satisfied <laughs> so that's cool too that the standard was like really high you know exactly i mean but it shows though so before we get into your story, because I want to hear your story, um, I'll go over the, um, the the social media responses for now. What's your favorite Friday the 13th film? First guy, uh, Andrew, says the one where the people get stabbed. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's great. I, like I, mean, I mean, I'm going to like that, and, and I'll, I'll like it as we're talking it, so he'll know. Um, Alfred Lemon is definitely trolling us. He said X. <laughs> Spaceman. Yeah. Space boy. Little X boy. That's got to be a troll, though. Um, Rob Steiner said uh, four because of Corey Feldman. Okay. Uh, Jim Bushman, which is uh, a buddy from Plymouth, he um, said such a hard question to answer. Uh, changes constantly. If I had to pick one, I'd pick four, even if it's the quote-unquote Empire Strikes Back of the Friday the 13th answers. The obvious answer is what he's saying is part four. That's interesting. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, part three, though, a lot of people, I mean, part three and part two even, I know people that just like part two or just like part three, and they don't like any of the other ones. That's the other weird thing. Yeah, Andrea and I personally like part three, and she she, she chimed in and wrote part three. It's super, it's super classic, so yeah. I, I love, yeah, well, I mean, he gets his mask, there's, the cl- the cast of characters in that one are, are hilarious. The bong smoking in the van, and the Shelly, like, it's tough to beat that one, man. Yeah. I also like the movie with, you're dead fuck. You're dead fuck, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Final Chapter is, Final Chapter has a star power, though. Yeah, I mean, that's four, it's great. Crispin Glover. Yeah, that's the thing, you got McFly in there, too. Uh, Lawrence Monison, of course, uh, Corey Feldman, who was in, you know, like, Goonies and Gremlins and, like, so much shit. <laughs> uh, Rob Strang- Strangman wrote, um, tough call, but of the quote-unquote serious films, I'd pick six. A lot of people love six, too. I, I used to know a dude to come to my house and just wanted to watch six, like, every time. <laughs> and then we got uh, Adam Shubb, which is Square Painter. I'm going to be sharing a table with him at Too Many Games. Uh, he wrote three or four. And then Darren Peliquin also wrote three or four, which he, he's working on a movie, Bits of Yesterday. So we got a lot of people chiming in. That's a good, uh, it's cool. a good question, man. Uh, I'd say it's a good time for you to chime in with uh, your first Friday the 13th story. Yeah, so the first really horror that I ever saw, like my my ma was one of those where it's like if it's R-rated and I'm, I'm like a little kid, you know, I'm not supposed to watch stuff like that. So it just made it like even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the thing about it, you know. Uh, it was like, ooh, what is this, you know. So when I would have sleepovers and stuff, we would rent stuff. But eventually, one night at Matt Barney's house, we rented Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, and Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Tales from the Dark Side, interesting. And Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, is really cool. Um, there's, there's tits, there's blood, <laughs> like, it, it's shit, it's like, cool, it's R-rated, you know, you'll dig it. The first story is, like, about a mummy, then the second story is about, like, a black cat, and that, like, kills people, and they can't, like, get rid of it, they hire, like, this professional dude and stuff, and then the third story is about, like, these gargoyles, it's really cool. Um, so, yeah, I was watching, we watched Friday the 13th Part 7 first, 
So, so Friday Thirteenth Part Seven was your first one. Yeah, and so did it scar you because of the, all the supernatural craziness of the other characters? Well, what blew me away was like the brutality of Kane Hodder. Well, yeah, <laughs> and um, I remember thinking when we had watched all the movies. Everything was done, and I was sleeping. Like, what if someone just broke through the door and just grabbed me and, like, ripped me in half? <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the first time when I was like, damn, like, but it's probably happened to somebody, like, or at least, you know, something close to that. And that was kind of freaky to me. Um, I was like, man, too, like, after watching, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I was like, man, this has happened to somebody. <laughs> this is crazy. Like, this, th- those are the freakiest things, stuff that's, like, close to. You know, like what really does happen in real life. Yeah. Um, so that, it was just kind of like, wow. But yeah, then from then on, it like lit a spark in me. I, I not only just Friday Thirteenth, but I wanted to watch like all the horror shit. So then I went over to I was having a sleepover at Louis Maz's house, who was like a, a neighbor who lived like right down the street. So he, he was like your Eric. Oh, okay. Where you just walk over there and like whenever. You could you could sleep over whenever you could go home whenever like your parents never cared yeah you never even had like ask really it was like oh he's at Lou's or he's at Eric's whatever it's all good and I know Eric just uh, likes Jason because he's a badass too there's just a badass quality but yeah like so I at Lewis's when we we had sleep over and we rented a bunch of movies a uh, ton of movies because he had two sisters who were younger so they would rent movies and we would be outside playing around and shit and then eventually. You know, we would go in and watch the film. So we watched Friday Thirteenth Part One and then Hellraiser Part One. Oh, jeez! That was like a big night for me because then I I learned like the psychological aspect of like what makes horror like awesome. It wasn't just Part Seven Friday Thirteenth where he's like destroying everybody. Yeah, by then it's just for the body count. Yeah, now it's more like thinking about it like. What makes Mrs. Voorhees tick, or you know, why would you want to open the Hellraiser lament configuration box? Like, what? <laughs> why are these things the way they are? And so, at that point, from then on, then I wanted to get everything, and then I just mm-hmm. like became the all-consuming like maniac. I basically went to River Oaks Mall every week after getting my allowance and, and saving that lunch money. I got every Friday Thirteenth VHS until I had them all up to Jason Goes to Hell, nineteen ninety three. It was just a magical binge watching massacre of Nunes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's why VHS has a huge place in my heart too, you know. Well, it's like every hobby we've ever had, we end up getting so engaged in it that we get everything there is to have for it. Doesn't matter what it is, so. Retro gaming, eight bit, sixteen bit, we we destroy it. Horror movies, we destroy it. Hardcore wrestling, we destroy it. Metal, we destroy it. like everything. It doesn't matter. We will go through each one and get every single thing there is to get the maximum enjoyment. It's the OCD nature, man. It's awesome. We get so deep. And I would say Friday Thirteenth was the big catalyst that for both of us actually that started horror. Yeah, like, for sure. And then you know. From there, we got into, like, animated GIFs, and we, we made the Serial Slasher site, and reviews, and MySpace horror community, you know, circa, like, early to mid-2000s, I guess. Kind of had our reign of terror. 
the serial slasher site started when I was in college as Hagen's Horror Haven. And then we were all writing for it. And then it's like, let's just change it to uh, serial slasher because that sounds way cooler. <laughs> yeah, and the, the GIFs, I just learned how to turn like scenes in a movie into like uh, the GIFs that you see online. Uh, it's just cool how far you can take it. And then from there, I eventually pretty much became like an old school slasher film completist and an archivist. So I would take things like a really obscure movie like House of Death, a really obscure slasher movie, and just, you know, turn that digital so now we have that forever. We can watch that forever. You know, stuff like that. Because stuff, certain stuff isn't released anywhere else except on VHS. Some stuff that just really, really like The Mutilator or Mortuary with Bill Paxton, who recently yeah. passed away. Now, some some of these, though, may have been released at some point on DVD or even on Blu-ray. But most of the time, a lot of this horror stuff is, like, out of print. It goes out of print real fast. And a lot of it now, especially the stuff that's out of print, is on YouTube. If you look up, like, obscure horror movies, you can download them off YouTube and they're... High quality. It's crazy because when I was doing the same thing you were doing um, at my last place in Odington, I actually went and ripped all of my VHS. I only had to do a few because everything else I just downloaded off YouTube. It, everything was there except for like I had a few really obscure ones, which um, we we just did uh, this the, this year. We both did a swap of all our films, um, so we both got each other's archives now. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the big companies like Paramount make sure that everything is pulled from YouTube, but the other companies... They don't care. They were like dis like distribution companies, so as long as they made money at the time... That's the thing, too. They said with the first like four or five Fridays, like Paramount didn't even care. They didn't want to see dailies. They didn't want to... They didn't even request to make any edits or cuts. Uh, Frank Mancuso Jr. said, he's like, all that they did, they... They just took our film and made money, and everyone made money, and that's all that mattered. It was the distributors who just wanted your shit, and you just got it out. But because it was all, like, panned by the critics, you know? See, it wasn't seen as art because you're trying to make money off, like, the violence and, like, the, the craziness. So it's an exploitation where that was the problem. Yeah, it's you're not conforming to the norms of the society that votes for m movies and makes them, you know, gives them awards. They're doing their own form of art, which, you know, is a different genre. Well, that's the thing. People didn't see it as art, even though it is, because that stuff happens in real life, too. And it happens to real people, like me and you. <laughs> but, it's, but it's like a genre, so that, to me, it's like... Oh, and video games. Well, I don't like RPGs, so RPGs get no awards. <laughs> like, like horror movies, no scary movies get any awards because they, they're not up to the cinematic quality. The idea was we, we, uh, exploit a certain thing and we capitalize on that, you know, like, um, cannibal exploitation films, you know, like your cannibal holocaust, jungle holocaust, uh, stuff like that, where let's exploit a certain thing. The whole problem with a lot of newer films, though, I feel, is that it's too... A lot of people are like, why don't I like newer films compared to old films And on this forum? And someone chimed in like, oh, you mean you don't like torture porn? Like, I can't yeah. I can't imagine why. Like, It's just too graphic now. It's too, like, evil, too. Like, 
like the violence for the sake of violence. Like it wasn't like that back in the day. I mean, there were the body counts and shit, but it wasn't just evil for the sake of evil. There's a story around it. Yeah, it's just different now. Even like with Hostel, it's just like just nasty for the sake of being like sadistic. Yeah, and I mean, it'll it'll be one of those things where we talk about because there's other aspects of the Friday Thirteenth movies, all the characters that we know and love from the series. I mean, it's that's the thing. They'll it's like a stoner buddy film too. Yeah. You know, where you you know these people, you hang out with these people. They call them, like, hangout movies, too, where the, you're basically essentially hanging out with these characters. Yeah, and then they're all getting picked off by a freaking badass, malevolent slasher. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I'm horny.
like I said, computer don't lie. Hey, how come you turn that off? So Jason too, he's he's like a tragic figure. You know, like he's actually from the first film he was actually just supposed to be a victim. Yeah. He's he's a victim and his mother is avenging his death and that's your plot line essentially so he's a tragic figure like uh, the counselors were either having sex and weren't paying attention to him and he drowned or he was being bullied and he drowned i think that's in like freddie versus jason yeah they have the little scene with the camp kids like picking on him or whatever i think they've kind of shown both (laughs) yeah so whichever universe you want to go in and I always thought saw him always saw him as the Avenger because it always seemed in a lot of the movies, which is it's true until you get later in the series that he always went after the people that were doing bad shit. And, and like he he has to wear a mask, like he can't be in society. He knows he's like unsightly. He's like deformed, you know, like beyond belief, kind of like a, the mongoloid. Yeah. So that's also the tragic character. Like all of us have a part of our lives where we didn't, like, fit in or where we didn't feel like we belonged, that's like Jason, you know what I mean? I think that's why a lot of people understand him, because we all have a place in our heart for someone that, like, just doesn't belong or, like, just doesn't fit in with the rest of the crowd, you know? That's the thing about him, too, that I always, like, loved. We we relate with his madness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it, it it makes you feel sorry for him in a way, which is different, again, from a lot of the other, like, Leatherface and stuff like that, you know. You feel sorry for Jason in a way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's a lot of points, though, you can definitely justify him as the Avenger going after all the bad people, smoking weed and having sex. That was the classics. Even though it's not 100% true. The way I always saw it was, if you're in Crystal Lake, you're a target. Pretty much. It was just like that character that didn't do any of that stuff was generally the survivor. I think that created that mentality. That scream basically turned into like pop culture, you know? Oh, they definitely capitalized it. Yeah, like you have to do this and that and then you get killed. But I think really the slasher movies were just trying to like identify with each person watching the film. You had your stoner, you had your quiet, like shy intellectual, you had your pretty blonde, like cheerleader type, you had your your jock, you know, you had your um, darker, like gothic girl, you know, just things that people would identify with, you know, somebody. Yeah. So that was the other thing about those movies. But yeah, usually the girl who survived, and that was the other thing, a lot of the time it was the girl who, who survived, so people who say it's anti-women, like, they're totally wrong, because generally the women were the strongest characters in the film. Even the first movie, not only was Alice the strongest protagonist, but the killer was Mrs. Voorhees, who was also a female. So she was killing everybody yep. else. So that's like a total, like pro-female movie if you think about it double double feminist movie (laughs) yeah and the whole mentality of it was it was like the ultimate mother you know what i mean like the mother that would kill for you you know (laughs) the mother that would never let you you know go unavenged we 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 don't call her pamela voorhees we call her diana (laughs) (laughs) diana voorhees my mama (laughs) Yes. Amazing. <laughs> Making an appearance. Kyle! 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 
God. Cool. Gotta move out of here. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> but that's the other thing, too. Like, once I started getting all those VHSs and there was no stopping me, she, like, gave up on even trying to be like, oh, you can't. I was far gone at that point. I was bringing... It's not a good idea, Kyle. I was bringing home piles of shit. Shouldn't watch that naughty stuff, Kyle. It was like, at some point, you just can't, like, mow the lawn anymore. It's just overgrown. (laughs) Mow the lawn, just set it on fire. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you can do is burn down the kids' room. Kill it with fire. (laughs) So, yeah, man. That was pretty much my first experience and. I just never changed. From then on, it was like the, my thing. I just always had a thing for, for the whole horror genre, but yeah, especially Friday Thirteenth. It's always been my favorite. It also like the backwoods, like oh yeah, the wilderness. I just love the whole. I can even just watch Blair Witch over and over because they're like in the woods. Just the whole woods mentality. I just love that environment. You know. Plus, we have a nostalgia for it with our upbringing. And the campfire, like, tale, like the ghostly campfire tale, you know, even just, like, your scary stories when you're a kid reading stuff. I used to love reading the scary stories books. Goosebumps. That was my thing, too. Just anything that was, like, the little creepy campfire tale, you know? I actually uh, collected all the Goosebumps for London, so, like, we have a box of them, so when she starts reading, I'm going to have them all for her. They were perfect because you could finish them in, like, a day or two. They're really short, you know? Like, exactly. 90 minutes. 90 minutes, 90 pages. 90-minute book. <laughs> the, the other, um, so so I got another Jason story. All right. So did you know that my first date with my wife was to see Friday the 13th? <laughs> <laughs> so you got to tell that one. So basically, um, it was the remake that we went and saw on our first date. This is, you know, a while ago now. Um, like 10 years ago, probably. Maybe 9 years ago, something like that. Um, this is when the remake came. Yeah, dude, it's about a decade old now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's fucked up. So, but yeah, so we went on our first date. <laughs> first time we ever met, we went and saw Friday the 13th. <laughs> the remake. And ever since then, that we have a, um, every Friday the 13th, my wife makes uh, Jason cookies. Um, she makes like sugar cookies with Jason's face on them and paints them. She even like when, when we were just dating when we didn't live together, she would like send them send them to me because I was cross country from her. <laughs> Hook you up. Yeah, it's all about Jason Nathaniel Hawthorne. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was, it was classic though, and the thing is, is that the um the remake though it it did have that newness to it where you just didn't really. Like, the, the character tropes were modernized, which were not as cool as the old-school 80s and 90s. Uh, I'm interested in another, like, 10 years looking back at it. It might be funnier. Because right now, seeing people from the year, you know, the, the mid-2000, you know, the 2005 to 2010 era, those they're kind of annoying. Yeah. That's the thing, like, newer kids and just the way that, I don't know, it just it doesn't, like, rub me the right way. Like, you don't like them. They're not likable. I think that's the thing. They're not likable. You you want to see them die because you hate them. Like, it's not like there's a thing about you that there's a charm to them. There's no charm anymore. They're just, like, douchebags. And now that could be us just being old and seeing kids being douchebags. 
It could be. But in, like, the earlier films, they aren't, like, little pricks, you know? Yeah. Little pricks. Little pricks. <laughs> little pricks. Little pricks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the, the thing is, though, is that filmmakers nowadays, the Rob Zombies of the world, the Quentin Tarantinos, still can film a, a movie classically. It can be done. They just have to put forth the effort. Otherwise, you're just a little prick. Yeah, and, uh, like a lot of times, they they push the envelope though, like so far now. It's like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think we're at a, a problem that we've seen it all. So when they try to do something we haven't seen, it's too crazy. And if they do what we have seen, we've seen it. So no matter what, I think with movies, we might be kind of at an impasse where it's going to be few and far between when there's something that really. Especially in the horror genre that really like encapsulates us like a Friday thirteenth did. That's gonna be very, very special. It's it's interesting too, because that helped start a subgenre called like campfire slashers. Um actually part two, I would say, especially Friday part two, because there's that campfire scene and kind of telling the legend of Jason. But the whole thing was like the burning, you know. Yeah. Actually, Savini turned down Friday Part 2 because he didn't see the story going anywhere interesting that he felt. So he went instead to do the burning. With the young Jason Alexander, George Costanza in it. With hair. With hair. Yes. <laughs> yes. With hair. So yeah, you guys got to check out that film. The yeah. film's awesome. It's one of my favorite films as well. Then the slasher scene exploded, and you got mm-hmm. like... Oh my god, like, everyone started putting out shit, which was awesome. Uh, Sweet 16, which Dana Kimmel was in, uh, yeah, it, it just, like, blew up. Um, uh, Savini eventually went on to do the Prowler effects for that, um, who was directed by Joseph Zito, who ended up directing Friday Part 4, the final chapter. So there's, like, circles, it's like a whole community, just like games. And then you had stuff like Sleepaway Camp. One, two, and three, which are like your campfire slashers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially two and three. Um, part one's like a crazy, interesting, early slasher film that with like one of the craziest twists at the end of the film that most people know. It stands on its own, too, for sure. Yeah. So that's the whole thing, too, that Friday the 13th Part 1 does stand on its own um, in some respects. Yeah. Uh, but before we talk into that, as far as the whole date went, Friday the 13th remake, so mm-hmm. he had like a tunneling system that he kind of like ran through. And <laughs> it was interesting too because they had some things like the wheelchair was in there at some point. Yeah. They had they had like character little pieces that you'd be like, oh, you know, that was from him or whatever. And the irony was, is I think that was at the time, and it was, where they were doing a lot of quote-unquote remakes, but I actually enjoyed Friday the 13th a little more because it really wasn't a remake because of the way that Jason is. It could literally just be the next film in the series. And it could stand on its own. Yeah. And it stands on its own. Basically, it's unanimous that I've heard. They're like, as far as remakes goes... Friday Thirteenth is probably the best if you want to call it remake. But as far as like mm-hmm. new, newer that type of like during that whole phase and craze, Friday Thirteenth slots right in there with like Nightmare on Elm Street, which is terrible. <laughs> that one was really bad, and that's unanimous too. 
Yeah, so the same people that say that's terrible say Friday the 13th is probably your best remake. Yeah, exactly. The character, you know, is still strong and still as awesome as ever. It just doesn't have that gritty feel, but I mean, that's just part of film evolution. I don't know. It's just they didn't shoot it like an old movie. You have to use the old cameras for the old film. It's just what it is, you know? Something about that grittiness, man. Especially the first, like, four... Even the fifth film's gritty. Shit, I'd even go all the way to um, part eight. <laughs> like, it's, it is, they all feel gritty until you get to part, until you get to Jason Goes to Hell, which then it feels definitively 90s. And it's great you said that, because, like, once you hit Jason Lives, though, you can see, like, a jump in the quality, but it's still got the 80s feel, you know what I mean? Well, like, the music, too, kind of feels just like a, the next era different that's another big part about it because it's like for me in part eight when they're taking that boat ride and they finally see manhattan that music that plays that's still classic friday 13th to me it's just like hilariously like cheesy (laughs) (laughs) my god yeah because harry manfredini did like the first six films but then fred mollin did like seven and eight yeah so you had like a different like type of music but parts Six did have a little different too, and part six was also like had that like humor. So now, now, now we've reached a point of like self parody. Mm hmm. So the next question that I asked people now, okay, <laughs> and more people did answer their fair Friday 13th, but I said, um, what is your favorite Friday the 13th kill? All right. And I wrote, I wrote mine, mine. I like the sleeping bag kill. Yeah, that's freaking classic. <laughs> that's so brutal. <laughs> Slamming them into the freaking tree, which they parodied in Jason X again. What's funny is that was like the first gift that I ever made. I was like, I gotta make this, you know. Yeah, you just it's gotta have the sleeping bag kill. It's just so brutal. That's like the ECW thing too. Like going through, like it's like going through two flaming tables, you know. Yeah. So, so that one would be the quote unquote Empire Strikes Back answer. Which is the everyone knows yeah. the sleeping bag kill. The other one I really like is the um the one where they they shoot the um the spear in part three. Well, that was brutal, <laughs> right in right in Vera's eye. Boom. <laughs> yeah, go. Oh, one of my favorite is part five, the strap around the tree. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> it like goes so fast and he starts twisting. It. And at one point, it's he's twisting it to the left and it's tightening, and at one point, it's twisting it to the right and it's tightening. <laughs> no matter which way you twist it, it tightens. <laughs> That's the curse. <laughs> That's, That's the Jason curse. Yes, even though he's he's not in that film, but I love that one. And then, of course, the wheelchair kill, where he gets hit in the head and he rolls all the way back down. That's so, like, un-PC. Like, now you could never get away with that. No. Because he's, like, helpless. So, um, answers down the line. Um, one guy wrote, same here. The sleeping bag kill is still my fave. Um, Adam, square painter, wrote, chopped to the crotch of the hand-walking guy. Part, in part three. three. Guy walking on his hands. Oh, that was great. Split in half, man. Teddy, whereas the damn corkscrew. <laughs> Crispin Glover gets the corkscrew, then gets the the meat cleaver to the face. <laughs> That's yes. a great one. Teddy gets killed in front of the uh, the film projector. He gets stabbed. Yeah. And they, it goes through the white film projector. You can see the blood like going down. It's awesome. <laughs> 
So, so do you see how people's nostalgia clouds their mind? They, yeah, yeah. They know Friday the 13th, but they got the kills wrong. Teddy, with the damn corkscrew, was actually Crispin Glover, which is the funniest part of any Friday the 13th, the Crispin Glover dance. Oh, my God. Which you, you need to play it in a break time. The do, yep. do, 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 do. <laughs> No way, not tonight, no way, not today. <laughs> Lions, the band, Love is a Lie. And his head moving. And and weren't they, they were dancing to something else when they filmed it. Yes, they were. They definitely <laughs> were. Because yeah. if you play the thing that they were actually dancing to, it makes sense. But I think it was like ACDC or something like, something like that. They just didn't get the rights to it. It was like something like like normal. But then they played that, which made it awesome. <laughs> Uh, so the final guy, um, face in liquid nitrogen and then smashed on the table. So another Jason X. Oh, yeah. It was great. It's another, like, classic. So the thing is, is that even in the other one, people are still commenting. There's a lot of people who are Jason X fans. Um, another guy in a different one wrote, uh, and it goes with his favorite one, but he said, Jason takes Manhattan for the, the head boxing alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me your best shot. <laughs> Boom. Julius gets wasted. My wife wrote, Andrea wrote, it's okay, guys. He just wants his machete back. (laughs) 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 One guy wrote, uh, Jason X is a hilarious dark comedy melded with horror. Basically. It's like he's convicted of at least 200 murders. (laughs) Amazing. One guy wrote, space. Best part is when he's in the hologram room. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of like a sleeper cult classic. It's so bad that it's good now. We were mad at the time because it really wasn't, it was really bad. I still got Kane, though. Yeah. It's part of the Kane Hodder quadrilogy slash tetralogy. Now that we can take a step back and look at it, like, it's fucking terrible from an acting perspective. But they all kind of are. Um, as time goes on, it's going to become more of a cult classic, for sure. It's because it's got that tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. And it's so brutal horror. Kane Hodder's awesome. Kane Hodder's always awesome. Oh, Kane yeah. Hodder is Jason. Like That's like the soul of Jason. Like Every time he comes to the screen, he delivers. That's the thing. He just throws people around like ragdolls. One guy this wrote cool. that fucking barn and put like the, ah, face. <laughs> <laughs> Getting From hung. part three. <laughs> yeah. Hung in the barn. It's amazing. I mean, we have a lot of people with part one and two. There's a lot of people talking about part one and part two, how they love the originals and the uh, Jason Shack, how they're partial Jason Shack in part two. Oh, I love that shit. Shack's awesome. Ramshackle Massacre Hut. I'm getting more comments. <laughs> you realize how many gamers love fucking scary movies. It's great. And wrestling, too. I've noticed how many gamers like wrestling. Yeah. I think it's just like all the things that we were into growing up that we're still kind of into now... I think people are still into, right? Yeah, because it was always cool. I mean, it never got uncool, <laughs> you know? And another guy, as we were just talking about the sleeping bag scene, says that uh, it's Jeff Smith over in Tennessee uh, runs a game store. He said, I do enjoy Jason X more than I probably should. The sleeping bag scene owns everything. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's where that scene hits self-parody. Yeah. Because now they're making fun of that like in a tongue-in-cheek way. For sure. I love it. That's what's crazy about that series. When you hit self-parody, you're, like, accomplished. Like, you're there. Yeah. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously, because Freddy got so silly. Like, you know, the whole Power Glove scene. Forgot the Power Glove. Forgot the Power Glove. 
<laughs> I mean, self-parody, like, to the max. Love it. You know. That was the thing about those that make Freddy and Jason both super special. Well, it's like beyond cult, you know? Well, yeah, and I, I think my, my wife was saying that they, they recently did a video or an article on who had the most kills in any slasher movie, and it's Jason. Yeah, over 200. It's like crazy. <laughs> it's Jason. At least 200 murders. At least. <laughs> Yeah, with with Barney, we actually watched like all the films and counted all the death counts, like fit male or female too. We like listed everything <laughs> out. It was hilarious. Documenting <laughs> the murder, <laughs> just to watch, yeah, just to watch the movie again, and be like, oh, which movie has the most? And I remember Jason <laughs> goes to hell. Yeah, it gets like frigging crazy. Oh, it's a, it's awesome. It's like twenties. <laughs> just that movie. Yeah, it's just hilarious. Like. Crazy fans, and the thing is, is that if you're if you want to watch them quote unquote in order, like you have to watch after um Jason goes to hell, you have to watch Freddy vs Jason, and then after Freddy vs Jason, you got to watch the remake, which isn't a remake. It just it literally starts off right where, you know, Freddy vs Jason ends, where he's going into Lake Crystal Lake, I and mean, that's where it starts, and that one ends around the same spot. So you can literally go right into Jason X because that's that can start anywhere in the future. That's the end of the line. I mean, obviously, because it's like yeah. so far ahead in the future. Five hundred <laughs> years has to be the end. Of like, <laughs> yeah, twenty four fifty five. It's amazing. It's hilarious. That's the craziness, and that's why I like this whole this whole first episode we're doing the Phobos is just our memories, the fucking cool stuff. Um, and then I think the second part we're gonna try to do a a timeline, make yeah. sense of the timeline. Should we wrap this one up here? Uh, yeah. Let's talk real quick about the cheesiest shit from the movie. That's your favorite part, besides for the Glover dance. <laughs> oh, in part three, he like crushes the skull and the eyeball comes at the screen. That's amazing. <laughs> I would say all the mandatory 3D aspects in part three, where they just do like pointing the stick at the camera and like they did a lot of stuff like that. Kind of made it a little cheesy. For sure. I love that. Like, well, because you can see the wire in the eye. Like, it's like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and par- part X, when he when he uh, gets throws the guy in the screw, and he's, he got screwed. Like, that's cheesy as shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, that one was bad. Um, All the makeup in part eight, Jason oh takes Manhattan, like a little Asian Jason. So bad. At the end, when he takes his mask off with the toxic waste, he's like, Oh my lord. Everyone who sees that's like this is fucking terrible. Like who that that who is blessed this? by like, far the worst fuck. of the of the series from a graphics standpoint. Like makeup and anything. It's it's it still has its moments that are hilarious, but And Kane Hodder's in it, so it's got gleaming treats. But yeah. it's like what? The makeup is terrible. What? <laughs> the decision. But we have an explanation, so that's a whole nother episode. We're gonna try to explain everything logically. Yeah. We're gonna try. And all the different universes that could possibly exist. That'll be part two of the Friday the thirteenth massacre. <laughs> but yeah, man, that the thing is is that Friday thirteenth is just always a fun time whenever we'd hang out, we'd freaking man. drink drink way too much and <laughs> 
have way too much fun and just like get enveloped in the whole fucking movie and multiple usually destroying always dude as much as we could until we passed out <laughs> which which now as we get older comes quicker and quicker <laughs> uh, so watching those old movies is like comfort food you know it, it really is it's like ah good old <laughs> putting on a good old pair of shoes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Exactly. My Jason shoes. Yep, grabbing a good old machete and mask. Now we're set. It's like this. We live in claustrophobia. A land of steel and concrete. Trapped by the dark waters. There is no escape. Nor do we want it. We've come to thrive on it and each other you can't get the adrenaline pumping without the terror good people i love this town Just gotta see it through. 